Hi, my love, it's Ruby and welcome to the Rituals to Seven podcast. You're in the right place if you're an online coach excited to meet your first million dollars and you're even more excited that you finally found someone who's doing it through intuitive flow and spiritual connection. In these episodes, I'll teach you how to grow your business in the most aligned way. Okay, are you ready for the magic? Let's get started with today's episode. So I am very excited, Rituals listeners, to be talking about this topic with you, especially because we have Sugi Mansell in the house, who is really here to help you learn how to create profit in your business. And I just don't believe it's talked about enough in the industry. A lot of what is said and glamorized out there is how you make money and how you hit certain levels of income, which of course is such an incredible vibe. But Sugi is your gal to really come to understand the sovereignty around money, which is how you treat it, what you do with it, how you create that profit and focus your energy around growing your business from that perspective. So welcome to the podcast, Suki. I'm so excited that you're here. Oh my gosh, Ruby. I am so excited. I've been listening to you for the longest time. I remember I was pregnant with my third baby and he's going to be three in December. So that's when I first started listening to you. So it's been a good three years. And I used to listen to you on the commute to school. So my kids used to say, own your hustle every time you used to come (laughs) I think I've told you that before. So yeah, it's amazing to be on here today. And thank you for having me. I love that. I apologize for (laughs) the times that I dropped the occasional F-bomb and the kids are in the car. (laughs) That's okay. They were young enough for me to be able to quickly (laughs) divert the attention. She didn't say anything. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about the origin story of entrepreneurship and that moment that you decided that you'd start something else because you haven't been you know, doing this forever. Really, you've been in corporate life. So I would love to hear that moment that you went, you know what, maybe I could do this entrepreneurial thing. What did that yeah, look like to you? Um, yeah, great question. So I guess I'd always had that desire to start something of my own. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs right back down to my grandfather. My parents came to Australia from Africa, started their own business. And at an early stage, you know, I saw what went into making a business, but I also saw the rewards and the flexibility it gave us as a family as well. What were their businesses? Yeah. So my grandfather was in Africa. So he owned acreages and farming and plantation, as well as sort of helping with the British railways and setting them them up as well. And my dad's actually a chartered civil engineer. So when he came to Australia, he went completely left field and started a um, flood and fire restoration company called um, Excel Group. And at the time, you know, it started off very small and dad hadn't done anything like that ever before. You know, he had quite a cushy life in Africa and coming to Australia was really because he wanted to give my brother and I a secondary education without us going off to boarding school. So I really saw him sort of work to grow this very small business at the time of just two people to now, you know, multi seven figure business and being witness to it from a young age gave me both the inspiration, but also the awareness of what it takes. And I went completely the other way though. (laughs) I, (laughs) 
<laughs> naturally. And you know, I love this story because it's like, we, you know, as entrepreneurs, well, the, the common thing is like, oh, my parents put a lot of pressure on me to go to university. You yeah. just did it in your own, own steed. I, I did it mostly. And you know, Ruby, I'm a Capricorn. So, you know, you've got your son's a Capricorn. So I love the kind of structure, knowing what I'm doing back then anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk about how that's changed. But I went straight into accounting, I, as you know. So I studied accounting in university and I used to do the books for my dad's business. So maybe I was going to ask you that, whether you were sort of already doing it and yeah. being around those numbers and big enterprise. Yeah, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, I did start doing, but I didn't think much of it. And at a young age, I started just helping people who would just need help with zero, for example, in different um different accounting software. So just going out on the weekends and helping them. And it was just something that just came easy to me and I enjoyed it and it was making me some good money. So I did that, you know, I worked at the same time. So I worked for an accounting firm. So I got the firsthand experience and it was wonderful. Like it was a good balance between getting into the workforce, but then also studying. And soon after uni, you know, I went straight into doing my CA, my postgrad, and in hindsight, I wish I'd taken time off just to travel, but I was like, no, no, I've got to do it. I've got to do it all by a certain time. Yeah, because you get stuck in the, not stuck, but you're kind of in the system, right? Like you're in the momentum and it's yeah. like, well, yeah. that's the next thing you've got to do. Get qualified so that you that's don't waste it. time and you can, you know, get on and get the job. That's it. Exactly. And there was some wonderful opportunities that came up. So, you know, I ended up working straight away for some really wonderful firms, becoming quite experienced in that space. And it was lovely, but at the same time, there was always something that just felt a little bit off, you know, just having to sort of always do what people told me to do. And particularly when I started having children, just always having to ask permission for the for the leave or for the part-time, it started to feel a little bit out of balance. And as much as I got amazing flexibility with some of the big corporates in Australia, they were great. At the same time, when I was pregnant with my third baby, I just thought, I just can't see myself going back. This is the time now for me to start something of my own. And so I did. I registered a business name. I named it after my three kids' initials, ERS, Business Solutions. And I just started doing consulting work <laughs> while I was breastfeeding on one arm. I was you know, on calls with clients and typing away. And that's how it really sort of began. And obviously, since then, the business has evolved, but that was the origin of how Suki got into <laughs> entrepreneurship. Wow. It's so, you're, you know, Capricorn, you're meant to be a boss. Okay. Let's just put it out there. There is like Capricorns uh, are the yeah. best boss energy. Like, you know, you are natural born leaders and you just get stuff done. And, and I love that. And it's so funny when you're saying there's something always a bit off about just being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I could definitely see that in, in my son as well oh, already yeah. <laughs> at five. Can we talk about that first moment you made your first sale? You know, that it, it was on your own business, your own accord. Do you remember that? What did that feel like? I do. I remember it vividly. And and I will say she's still a client today. Oh so gosh. that's three years later. We She's obviously transitioned more into sort of the strategy um, coaching space. But my very first client was a lady who um, I think I met her at a networking event and she just randomly called me up a few months later and she just wanted me to put together um, a financial forecast for her. 
I'm like, yeah, I, I can do that. You know, that was the gist of it. And she wanted to have a meeting to go through it. And I remember I was so <laughs> prepared, like I had a sales script, I had, you know, notes and notes and notes of what I was going to go through. I got advice from my brother on, you know, what's the best way to commit somebody to a sale and very, very, you know, strategic, but it ended up just being such a lovely conversation and genuinely got along with her, which is why we're probably still, you know, working with each other. And it just was a very natural way for me to help. I could see exactly what she needed in her business. She needed the structure. She needed to understand where her money was going. She needed to be able to forecast in the future so she could make better decisions for her business. And yeah, she's, you know, she's killing it at the moment. She's doing so well, despite, you know, the situation in Sydney. Yeah, she's managed to kind of come out of it in in a wonderful, well, not in a wonderful way, but she hasn't. You know, she's had the things in place to be able to overcome whatever COVID has brought to a lot of businesses. Yes. Yes. For those of you listening, the great Australian Sydney, Melbourne lockdown, shall we call it? Oh, yes. Has yes. been so devastating for commerce and for business on so many levels. And this is why what you do in this world, and especially helping businesses just almost get a grip of, and taking the power back and working out, okay, we're not spinning. There are ways around this if we plan and we can see what's actually going on and then working to rebuild from there is so powerful. So I think this is a really wonderful segue to the work that you do now, especially because what I mostly speak about on this podcast is, of course, how to start, grow, scale your business, create that income flow. I want to turn the conversation towards what happens from there. So even if you're just starting out and you're receiving your first, you know, 5K consistent months and or you're aiming towards that, or whether you're listening and you do have a multi seven figure business. So I have quite a scope of listeners who jump into this. This is going to be a very important conversation. And I'd love to just take it back to basics from your perspective, Suki. What's the most like important thing to start looking at when it comes to receiving money in your business? Yeah, that's a great question, Rube. So I think the biggest thing to be mindful of, no matter what stage of business you're in, is that the financial side of the business should never be swept under the carpet. Although we have people we can outsource to accountants, bookkeepers. You know, I'm just surprised by how many people don't have a good handle on what's actually happening with their numbers. And you need to be across that. The compliance side and the bookkeeping side, yes, if that doesn't light you up, I know it lights you up, Ruby, but if it doesn't light a lot of people, a lot of women I come across, it doesn't light them up. It's not their zone that they want to spend their time in. But I would still say the way that I like to approach that is to teach them in a way that, look, it's not overwhelming finances. It's really, you don't have to be, you don't have to have a finance degree in order to just understand what's happening in your cash flow, in your budget, in your profit and loss. But you do need to have things in place in order to make the managing and tracking of that so much easier. And what that does is it not only helps you sort of feel more organized and confident, but it also allows you to make decisions very, very clearly in terms of investment decisions in your business, which we have to make at every stage of business. And it takes away the temptation to make emotional decisions. And 
there's definitely a place for that, for your intuition to come in and you talk about the feminine side of that in business. But, you know, numbers are very black and white and they don't lie, as I said again. So it's helping women sort of step away from making those emotional decisions and just really knowing the facts about what's happening in their business. Eight out of 10 businesses fail, not because it's not a great business idea, but because it's lacking that financial backing, it's lacking those financial fundamentals, and it's something that can be so easily put in place. It's just getting people over that fear, that finance word. And that's where I see myself coming in, you know, especially with women. Um, I love that, the, the yeah. F word, finances. Oh, yes. that was scary. <laughs> it makes people shudder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What I love about your approach, Suki, and I've really seen this start to bloom over the time we've been in each other's lives and you've just started to really own it is creating a space for specific to women, but also you speak about money in a very uh, sovereign way, but you also bring in the conversation around feminine flow and listening to your intuition and being guided by that whilst the numbers don't lie there is still flex in the way that you teach finances of, okay, if this doesn't feel good, if you don't want to, you know, manage money in this way, then what does feel good? And I love that approach. Can you give us an example perhaps of how you've done that with a client where perhaps like you've advised them around, you know, let's get all this structure in place and there's tools that we need to have. And they've literally just gone, oh, I don't know. Like, how, how do you work through the intuitive piece as well? Yeah. So I guess the way that I do that is through my framework. And, uh, you know, a, a big thank you to you for helping me recognize I even had a framework. I think, you know, I'm part of Ruby's Amplify Mastermind and have been for the past seven months and nine months actually, coming up to end of it now. But Ruby helped me recognize that, look, I have a coaching framework that I wasn't even aware of. And that's where that comes into play. It was the way that I started coaching my clients was very much that balance between the masculine and feminine side of your business. And that's something I I completely 100% believe in that your business is made up of a number of different pillars. And they are, some of them are very sort of go, 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 masculine energy, um, you know, your, your, your goals and your three to five to 10 year plans and your strategy and all those sort of things. But there's very much a piece, which is the feminine side and ensuring that it aligns to who you actually are and where you want to see your business going. And this is the journey I've been on. Like I mentioned before, I was very structured coming from the corporate background. I was very much in, you know, tick off your 90 day plans and then move on and, and, and look at your, you know, look, look at your three month uh, profit and work out what you're doing there and your ratios and things like that. But I think where I've come to now with my clients specifically is that that first piece of really defining what they want and what their vision is, is so, so important. And if anything as well, it also gives me a really good insight before I start working with them into sort of what's important to them. So we can make sure that their business pretty much brings that into fruition. It's something that's supporting them on that journey. So yeah, to answer your question, I blend those two masculine and feminine energies through my framework. And some women, you know, like to spend more time on that side of things. Other prefer more structure, but it's definitely, I think, 
you need to address both of those things in your business. Yeah, I guess by the time they get to working with you, there's been a decision energetically of I need to get some stuff in order. It's it's a mess or yeah. <laughs> you know just exactly what you said where they have perhaps swept the financials under the rug. And I see it in everyday business with the clients yeah. I work with. I've, you know, shared examples of some of my clients who've literally been on calls with me crying because one minute they're making 50 to 100K months. Can you imagine? And then the next month they literally are crying saying, I don't know where that's gone. Mm. And I'm sitting here going, what do you mean? What what do you mean? I don't know where that's gone. Where did it go? (laughs) And they just know it was like in my bank account and now it's not. (laughs) To some of you that might hit home. And it might be very real, like, oh, she's talking about me. <laughs> and others of you are like, how is that even possible? But it, it actually is All because the there's a lot uh, of miseducation out there. There's a lot of just very, you know, quick decisions that we make as entrepreneurs. And the long-term, what you were saying, the long-term vision isn't taken into account when you start to receive those levels of money into your business account and you think, oh yeah, like let's go, let's invest a whole heap into the next coach, into the marketing plan, into Facebook ads. But then if it's not clear on where it's going and what are the expenses and the baseline things you have to pay, then it it starts to become a very messy, convoluted way of looking at money. Hi, lovely. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I wanted to jump in really quickly to let you know about one of my favorite courses that I've ever put together called Soul Led Business. When I first started my business, I drew a really hard line between my spiritual side and all things strategy. To a certain point, I experienced amazing success. Perhaps you've seen that and heard that on the podcast itself, but I lent purely on push energy and it eventually led me to a form of burnout. It wasn't until I embraced my intention and intuition that my business started to flow. So if you're listening to this and you feel a little stuck in your business, you feel as though there's some sort of ceiling or there's limiting beliefs around earning more and being more of who you truly are, then check out Soul Led Business and don't forget to enter the code SOUL200 to get $200 off the course. Check the show notes below and let's get back to today's episode. So what would be... One thing that you give us in terms of a tip, what we get sorted now. So if there's someone here going, I really relate to this, there's just stuff everywhere and I don't even want to look at it. What's one thing we can do, a tool that we can start to really look at our profit in a different light? Yeah. So profit is definitely the key number. It's not the only number, but it's one of the key numbers that you probably get sick of me talking about this on um, on Instagram and things like that. But it's definitely the longevity, you know, of your business, and it's the measure of which you know shows you how sustainable your business is going to be, and it's that measure of wealth as well. You know what you're going to do with that profit. I know you talk a lot about this, Ruby. You're quite transparent about how you allocate your profit, and a lot of women think, you know, it's just oh, it's just a maths equation. You know, revenue minus expenses, profit, but it's, it's knowing that what can that profit actually bring to you, you know, in terms of remuneration, in terms of the investments that you can make in your business. And, you know, obviously there's different ways you can distribute profit. But to answer your question, the biggest thing someone can do is start looking at the key drivers of profit, right? And there's not just one tool that's basically de- derived from your profit and loss. So it's being across your numbers. 
And the four key numbers I like to talk to people about is, you know, firstly, your sales, that goes into your profit number. That's a very, very key thing to start looking at. And all your money flow that's coming in. You don't need a fancy bookkeeping system, firstly, to track your sales. You can just purely look at your bank statement, but it's just having that clarity on what's the actual money that's coming into my business and do I know you know, when it's coming in? And that's where a cash flow forecast comes into play because then you can look at your cash flow and sort of be able to work out, well, you know, how am I looking on a cash basis for this month? So that's going off topic a bit, but sales is, you know, absolutely understanding that number first and foremost, then it's expenses. And this is the bit where, We've gone through exercises with my clients when we do a cash flow forecast and we see what's going out of the bank. And they're like, oh, I had no idea I was paying, you know, $3,000 a month for something I don't even use. So it's a good exercise overall just to go in and get a really good handle on your expenses. And the way that I like to encourage people to think about that is you look at your, your fixed expenses in your business, the cost that you have to pay, you know, whether you've got a premises, your rent subscriptions for your CRMs, those sort of things. And then you look at your variable expenses. And these are costs that sort of fluctuate as your sales increases or decreases. And the reason why those two are so important is because when you have a low cash month, you're still going to have to pay those fixed expenses. And this is where a lot of women get into trouble. COVID is an, you know, what we've just gone through is a prime example where people still had fixed expenses, but they didn't necessarily have that revenue coming in. So a cash flow forecast will really help you do that, get a good handle on what's coming in, what's going out, your sales and your expenses, as well as knowing your tax obligations. <laughs> you know, that's another big one. People aren't really sure what's happening when an ATO, a tax liability comes through, just scrambling to find that money. If you can plan ahead, you've got a forecasting tool, then that this is where it's really helpful. It's the, so true. I mean, I, I talk about the tax thing a lot because that yes. was the one that hurt me the most when I yes. first started. <laughs> and yeah, I was an accountant and it still hurt me. It and it, hurt. I think yeah. it just kind of happened because I thought, oh, but I'm just so tiny. I'm so small that ugh, worry about the taxing later. I'm not even making that much. So la la la. And then <laughs> by the end of the year, you just go, oh my God, like, what is this? Like, what is this bill? Or you're sitting down with your accountant and it's like, yep, yeah, you need to pay this and this. So yeah, I think that is definitely something that, I mean, I highlight a lot because you can start small, but everyone listening here knows about exponential growth and how quickly (laughs) we get to grow as online entrepreneurs, because there is no cap. You could be starting this month and then in three months, you could be doing 200K. Like That is such a reality we live in. And if this conversation isn't put at the forefront of how we manage the monies, you're not treating money well. So that's what it really comes down to. But this is golden. This is golden. Okay. I love this. Keep going. (laughs) Nail on the head, Ruby. And it's so good that you actually practice as as well what you're saying, because I think there's so many people that follow you and there's so much influence that you can have and just sharing, you know, if tax isn't a bad thing, sharing your numbers is not a bad thing. In fact, it just gives people that clarity and it helps them sort of come out of their shell to talk about it a bit more. And that's what I want to do, just encourage women to talk about these things and learn from other people. So sales and expenses are obviously your key numbers to be across. And then it comes down to, okay, well, what are you actually starting to do with that money once you receive it? Where is it going? Because a lot of the times, 
you'll have a massive cash month and it'll be like, well, where's that money gone? Like you just described. And I've seen that over and over again. So this is where I like to sort of help people start thinking about, okay, well, let's start thinking about the different pools or the different buckets of where we want to allocate that to. And there's a lot of followers and a lot of awareness right now around, you know, the profit first methodology, which is American based, but the methodology still it holds true. And, you know, I go through this with my clients with just having clarity around, okay, well, now that I've got this 100K that's come into my bank account, where am I actually going to start allocating this to? And first and foremost, you know, the biggest thing that I am a big advocate of is paying yourself. No matter what stage of business you're at, start getting into that practice of paying yourself a wage from your business, whether you're a sole trader, whether you're a company. And yeah, I did a post on this just a couple of weeks ago, and it was one of my most liked posts about paying yourself. And we talked about this in the Amplify group as well. There's so many women who just wait to see what's left over and then just, oh, yeah. And they're like, okay. isn't that paying I'll myself? Just do, yeah, I'll, I'll just do with that. Or, you know, you wouldn't yeah. do that in corporate. You get a set, You get a set salary and you believe that you've deserved it. You've worked hard. Why don't you do that for your business? Mm. And this is one of the massive transformations my clients have had because the first thing I do is say to them, okay, let, let's look at your lifestyle, what you actually need to survive and more. And let's factor that into your business. Let's do now a budget for your business to give you that comfort that yeah, you can draw an 80K salary, 100K salary from your business. And let's start to put away that money month on month, you know, without having to wait to see what's left over. So for me, just to recap, it's your sales, your expenses, and then it's paying yourself. So your owners pay, that's a really key number to be across. And then it obviously comes down to profit. So it's looking to see, okay, well, what have I got left over at the end of the day? And where can I start to invest that profit? And what do I need to start doing with this? And these are massive questions. So there's two sets of people I work with. One is the women that really need that education piece to really feel more empowered with their finances. But the other is those businesses that are now making those multi six-figure revenue numbers and they're just now like, oh, so what do we start doing with this money? Where do we invest it? How do we invest it? What are the things that we need to put in place in our business so that we can step away? Because the, the biggest thing I've seen as well is just that freedom. Like a lot of them just <laughs> crave that freedom to be able to take a holiday without their business yes. fall, falling over. And or it so, just seems so impossible. It seems yeah. like, oh gosh, maybe it's impossible or, you know, I need to take out a loan, like so w- whatever solutions they come up with, but it doesn't come from a place of, I can do this. Like I own a business and I'm a boss. It's a different energy, isn't it? It's a different so, energy. Sometimes mm. they're working harder. Sometimes, you know, the, the women, a lot of the times I've seen and, and men, they're working so much harder in their business than what they were doing in a nine to five. And, and for me now, my mission, you know, where I'm heading is, okay, well, how do we sort of take the stuff that you're doing that you don't need to do away from you? And how can we start to you know, look at your operations better. How can we start to look at what systems you can use better in your business to automate things, you know, and giving them that clarity around it's okay to hire people now. You're ready. You're ready to hire people in your business. And and I know you've got a very lean business model, Ruby, and you've got your husband who, you know, you both work together really nicely. And I think a lot of people, they're so fearful of 
having that reliance on somebody else in their business, whether it's their husband, whether it's, you know, contractors outsourcing to VAs and things like that. It's just giving them that comfort that first you can afford it. And secondly, it's okay to let that go. This is such an interesting conversation because one of the things that I see, I wonder if you do as well, is as businesses start to grow and let's say there's like a spike in income. So there's like 5K, 5K, then suddenly it's like, oh my God, I did it to a 30K month, 20, 30K month. And then the following months are like five, five, seven, eight. Mm. I find like there's a lot of rash decisions made specific to hiring when there's the spike. And it's like, great, I've done 25K. I'm going to hire my first VA and it's going to be amazing. And then the subsequent months are lower. And then the first thing they do is just fire the VA or they just say, oh, can't afford it. Or I made a really quick decision. Yes. If that's happening, it's because you don't have a grip on financials. It comes back to that, doesn't it? It's like, why would you hire someone based off one income spike? Like there is so much more consideration at stake. Like, do you see that as well? What I see is that the focus is on that specific month. So that's very, very short term focus. And it's looking at it, okay, well, what's the long term? What's what's the long game here? And, you know, let's just not look at revenue because you need to, you know, to make those decisions, to make those investment decisions for your business, you need to be looking at the profit number. The revenue number can go like that after, you, you know, I'm clicking my fingers, no one can see, but after you, you know, pay off all your expenses, that will, that can very quickly change. And if you don't have a good handle, on what that leftover number is, you won't be able to make, it comes back to what we talked about before, those empowering financial decisions, confident financial decisions that won't get you into sort of hot water and having a cash flow forecast as a tool in your business to use every day. Like I'm so proud of some of my clients because they're like, oh, Suki, you know, we completed our cash flow forecast for, you know, on, on a Monday, they set aside some time and it lights them up because they can see it gives them that clarity on what's happening. And the second thing is, you know, have a budget. Think about your next 12 months ahead. Think about what you want to happen in your business. And like you talk about a lot, Ruby, it's 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 seeing, okay, set the intention, do the work, get the habits in place and let the universe do the rest. And that's mm-hmm. that. It's the same concept. Have the right tools in place and do the actual work to make sure that you're understanding what's happening. And you'll very quickly start to see those financial goals coming into life. I love what you said about it's not about the revenue number. It's about the profit number. And that's where you can really access a lot of that internal authority when you make key decisions in your business. Love it. Question for you. When is the best time to start looking at outsourcing to gain a you know, better perspective on profit, especially let's say if we talk about zones of genius a lot, if it's just not your zone of genius, like there's an intention there. It's like, yep, I want to look at my numbers, but when I look at it, I literally go cross-eyed. So when is a good time to hire someone like you, hire a, a bookkeeper? When would you say is that real sweet spot? I think it's very different for each type of business, depending on, you know, what industry you're in, what type of business you have. But the biggest thing I'd say is don't be afraid. And this is talking just from my heart and from experiences, the experience I've had. I very quickly invested in my business, sometimes when I needed to know where the money was going to come from. It's that abundance, confident mindset of which is key in business, key in entrepreneurship, being okay with making those big money decisions 
no matter what stage of business you're at. If you're like me, you're always going to have that, um, okay, let me just see what's going on before I make that decision. But you've also got to be of that mindset that you know things will be okay and I'm investing in the right things, the right people. I think once you have that, you'll know whether it's the right decision to make or not. You know, mindset is such a massive, massive part of entrepreneurship. And in my framework, it's one of the key things we talk about because if they don't have the right mindset, and I've seen this firsthand with clients, they might be making, you know, a ton of money, but if they've got that scarcity feeling and and sometimes it's not their fault, it's because of where they've, you know, certain situations in their life. But if their philosophy of money is tarnished in a way, that's the place we start at. You know, it's how can we elevate your money mindset so that you're ready now to start, you know, taking your business to the next level. Because we can have all the tools in place. We can have, you know, I can give them all the structure they want, but it comes down to that feminine side, Ruby. If they don't have that connection or the confidence to make those decisions, we need to work on, on the reasons why. This is why you all need to connect with Suki because (laughs) we've literally just gone from a very structured, very solid place of financial management into now discussing the financial flow that comes with femininity, not just in terms of, you know, sex and gender, but in terms of the energetics behind that. And I love that. I love that you just have this connection with abundance mindset and also how to really bring that into the material world and to create a really strong place to grow from. So thank you so much for just giving us all of this abundance of knowledge. And just, it feels like a, an alignment check-in because right now, if you're listening and you're going, okay, I'm like really needing <laughs> to get this stuff in order. Okay. So how do we continue on this conversation with you? Where do you mostly hang out? Um, and where can we find some of your resources? Yeah, so LinkedIn and Instagram are my, you know, main places, Suki Bansel. The whole point of why I go into business first was the education piece. So there's a lot of me sort of talking about these sort of topics and sometimes a bit too much, but not um, at all. Not at all. It is so useful. Yeah. So thank you. And you know, it means a lot of people comment and have found it useful. So that's, you know, that's my Yeah, I that, mean, that, you you did a um... out. <laughs> Didn't you do like a group session with some of the Amplify gals because they were all literally like, Suki, we just like, we want to learn yeah, from you. That was the, one of the best things, Ruby, in Amplify. It was just being able to meet different ladies from different backgrounds and we've all helped each other. You know, one of them is helping me with my marketing right now. I'm helping a couple with their finances. So, you know, it's a really nice exchange. So good. I actually had a message last night for one of the ex-Amplify ladies saying she did my group program just last month and out of the blue she just said to me oh I'm so glad I did this four weeks and you know my finances are so much in order and it was a message at 10 p.m at night and it was just I was like yep okay this is why I'm in business because I needed to hear that today yes (laughs) um and it was just so nice to know that you know little things that I'm doing and courses I'm putting out there and the encouragement I'm getting from you Ruby to share my message more it's actually helping women. I really think that working with me, but just in general, just understanding that balance of the different parts of your business, I call it the flow framework. That, that's, that's what I use in my coaching platforms, that that framework can really sort of give you that really holistic view of your business. And that's what I'm all about. 
So yeah, you can come over, head over to Instagram. I've got an amazing freebie that's launching very soon. Probably by the time you listen to this, it's called the I launch. know what it is. You know what it is. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but if it's yeah. out, we'll leave it all in the show notes by the time this is out live and all of the ways you can find and connect and ask DM Suki. She's so responsive in the DMs. So um, thank you once again, my love. That was just so wonderful. And if you love the episode, make sure you tag us both and um, screenshot it on Instagram. We'll reshare and sending, sending you all the love, Suki. Thank you so much for today. Thanks, Ruby. Always amazing to talk to you. See you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for sharing an energetic space with me today. I truly hope this has given you a new perspective to embrace, to ponder on, and of course, to apply into your businesses right here and right now, because if not now, then when? If you are loving this podcast, please leave me a review. And further yet, if you have come to check out some more content of mine, then also have a look at the free classes link in the show notes below. There's new ones added quite often. And these aren't just tip of the iceberg learnings. Usually these are derived straight from my masterminds and content that you're going to be able to apply directly into your business right here and right now. So you're in for an absolute treat. Click on the link below and I'm excited to see you for the next episode.